Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Father, our prayer is that it is all about you. The reason we're gathered here today, the reason we assemble together, is to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, if we come together for any other reason, other than just worshiping you, magnifying your name, gleaning from your word what thus saith the Lord, We've gathered together in vain. But God, I believe there is a group of people here today that have come to worship you. They've come to feel your presence. They've come to hear your word. They've come to express worship and thanksgiving to you. And Father, I just pray that you receive what we're offering up to you today. May it be pleasing into your sight. And Lord, we do pray that you search our hearts. And Tyler was so true when he made the statement about our heart must be right with you. That's what's most important. I pray you search all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we are going to be observing communion. And while I'm giving some uh, housekeeping orders, if you will please take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to be looking at verse number 23 and following. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and following. And just let me say this, in observance of communion, we at Victory Church, we practice what is called open communion, which just simply means that you can partake of communion here at Victory whether you're a member of Victory Church or not. The only requirement is that you are a member of the family of God. And how do you become a member of the family of God? Well, Jesus says you must be born again. So if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, then I want to encourage you in just a moment whenever we... Uh, share communion. I encourage you to take part in that. Uh, but before we do, I think it's very important that we look and see what the scripture says. And I believe there is a fourfold meditation that all of us should do in our own hearts and our own lives prior to observing communion and partaking of the Lord's Supper. And we find this fourfold meditation, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, maybe one over in, I mean, chapter 11, and maybe one over in chapter 10 as well. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse 23, the Bible says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he also took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. 
So a man should examine himself. And in this way, he should eat the bread and drink the cup. I want to share with you real quickly um, this fourfold meditation that we find in Scripture that I think every child of God should meditate on, should think on prior to taking communion. This is one of the gospel ordinances of the New Testament church. And the ordinances are, the first one, of course, is communion, but the other ordinance is baptism. These are the two gospel ordinances that we are to do and proclaim, and they all signify the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the crucifixion, the cross, him dying on the cross, him shedding his life's blood. It's all centered around the gospel of the Lord Jesus. But I believe before we partake of either of these two ordinances, there needs to be some soul searching taking place. I mean, we don't get baptized just because it's a beautiful day and it's 105 degrees outside. It looks like a great day to jump in the swimming pool and be baptized over at O'Fallon Park. That's not the reason we were baptized for those that were baptized a couple weeks ago. They were baptized because they did some soul searching. They looked in their heart and, and they looked at what Scripture had to say and, and they wanted to take that first step of obedience after repentance and salvation. And that first step of obedience is believer's baptism. But here, whenever we look at communion, whenever we look at at the Lord's Supper, I think there are four things that we should think on. And they're found in this passage of Scripture. First of all, I think we need to look back. Look, if you will, in verse number 26. Look what it says. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. You know what that is? That's a look back to Calvary. In church, whenever we gather together and partake in communion here in just a moment, I want you to understand that the bread that is broken is symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken on Calvary. The juice called the cup in the Bible that we're going to partake of, it's symbolic of the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary for the remission of sins. And whenever we partake of communion, the Bible says in verse number 26, when we eat and when we drink the cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. Someone has said, especially in this postmodern age, I believe we're living in this politically correct era where everybody's almost afraid to even speak the truth any longer for fear of offending someone someone has said do you guys still believe in that that bloody religion about Jesus dying on the cross and shedding his blood do you still do you still hold true to that well, I want you to know church that yes we do amen and the Bible says, apart from that, there is no remission of sin. And I don't care how politically correct it may be in this postmodern era that we live in today. I, I want you to know we are nothing without him, as the song saying. Amen? We're nothing without the cross. We're nothing without the blood being shed. We're nothing without his body being broken. It's all still centers on the cross of Jesus Christ, plus and minus nothing. Amen? So whenever we observe communion, we need to look back. We need to remember that this is symbolic and we're remembering the body of Christ, how it was broken and the blood that was shed. We're remembering his death. We're looking back. But in verse number 28, I see something else we should meditate on. Not only should there be a look back, but there, there should also be a look within. We should look within our own hearts. Look what it says in verse number 28. So a man should examine himself. 
There's an examination that should take place in every single one of our lives before we even partake of communion and the Lord's Supper. It says in verse number 27 that whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way may be guilty of sin against the body. Guys, you realize when we or if we partake of communion with unconfessed, unrepented, known sin in our life and we do not do this examination that the Bible says that we then are partaking of communion in an unworthy manner. And the judgment on that or the consequence of that is that it's a sin against our body. He goes on to explain that a little bit in uh, chapter number 11, verse 29 and following, where it talks about those who were eating and taking and partaking of the Lord's Supper and communion in an unworthy way. It says, many of you are even sick because you're not doing this self-examination. It's a sin against the body. And he even goes as far as says that many of you and some of you have even died because of flippantly coming to the Lord's table and not doing this examination. So I think it's important that we not only look back, but I think it's also important that we look within. We look within our own heart, look within our own love. But then I think there's something else that I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it out that I found over in, in chapter 10. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And here's what I'm calling how we need to look around not only look back to the cross, not only look within our own life to be sure that all of our sins have been put under the blood of Calvary, that we have repented and asked for forgiveness of our sins, but I think also we should look around. And when I'm talking about looking around, I'm talking about looking around within the body of Christ, within the church. Look, if you will, in, in chapter 10, verse 14. It says, Therefore, my dear, dear friends, flee from idolatry. I am speaking as to wise people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Verse 16, the cup of blessing that we give thanks for. Is it not a sharing, key word, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Verse 17, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body for all of us share that one bread. You see, I think not only should we look back to the cross, not only should we look within in our own lives, but I think we should look around and we should realize that we are partaking of this together and we should be thankful that we have an assembly of brothers and sisters in Christ that we share life with, that we draw encouragement from, that we worship with. We should be thankful for the church that we're a part of. Hello? As the bread is one, so we are one. Yes, there are many different members, and there's many different ministries, and there's many different gifts. But guys, we're one. You know, I thought about this verse of Scripture when we were out on the church property yesterday, and I looked, and there were some that were mixing mud or grout. And there were some that were hauling it in the wheelbarrows over and dumping it in the holes. And there were some others that were laying on their belly and sticking the grout underneath the steel. And I got to thinking, look, we're, we're all doing something different, even in different ways. But it's all for one purpose and for one common goal. That day was to get grout under the steel for the building of God's church. And guys, that's what we are. And I don't know about you, but I am very thankful for our church family. 
I am very thankful for Victory Church. And I, just, I was thinking last night as I was reading this scripture again, how I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed me to stay here and remain the pastor of Victory Church. And guys, I don't know about you. I don't even know if you know this. But generally speaking, especially in our denomination, the average tenure of a pastor is about two and a half years. And they're gone. And somebody else comes in. And they're gone. And, I, you know, and, and part of my prayer has been, God, help me to stay. Help me to stay faithful to you. And help me to stay here and serve and work as long as you allow me to stay here. I don't want to stay any longer than you want me to stay. But I want to stay as long as you want me to stay. I'm not going to pack and run when the going gets tough. I am thankful for our church family. I'm thankful for the men. I don't know, there was a, there was a, a thrill that kind of bubbled up in my spirit when, when I saw the, the trucks pulling in to the church parking lot. Now, right now, it's a dirt road. It will soon be paved. It will soon be nice. And I saw these men getting out of these trucks and putting on their hard hats. And, and even Dan shared with me, he got the email late and he didn't have his hard hat or his boots. And he was sharing with the guys. That's one portion of the video. You didn't see what he was saying. But he was talking about how I got the email and it was late. And I didn't realize we were starting this soon. And he rushed out and got his boots and his hard hat so he could be there on the job Saturday morning. Dan, thank you for that. Amen. Give Dan a hand for that. That's, that's awesome. You know, that's called a church family. And that's what we do, right? And I'm not just, all the guys deserve a hand, and you've already applauded them. But I just want to, I want you to realize that whenever we come, yes, there's one bread, it's broken for many, just as there is one body with many ministries, I think we should look around. And guys, let me say this, don't take each other for granted. Don't take your church for granted. Don't take your leadership team for granted, the deacons for granted, the Sunday school teachers for granted, all the ministry workers for granted, the praise team, the praise band for, for granted, those that work on, on the computers and the sound for granted, those that do setup, don't take it for granted. We're blessed. Amen? We're blessed. We are. So I think we need to look back at the cross. I think we need to look within at our own lives. I think also we need to look around at each other and be thankful but fourth and finally, I think we need to look ahead. Look what it says also at the latter part of verse number 26. It says, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Here's what I want you to see. Until he comes. Guys, next week we're going to continue in our series on what the Bible has to say about the end times. And we're going to continue that next week. But I want you to know Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his church. He's coming in the clouds. The rapture will take place. And some may say, well, I've heard that preached my whole life and it hasn't happened. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not true. He's coming. As a matter of fact, if you read the epistles, you read the letters in the New Testament, Peter thought he would come in his lifetime. Paul thought he would come in his lifetime. And the fact that he has not come yet does not change the truth that he is coming. And whenever we partake of communion, we're just doing this. For how long? How long are we doing it? Until he comes. Amen? You know what we won't have to do in heaven? We won't really have to take it. Now, there'll be, a, there, there'll be a marriage feast supper spread like you have. There'll be a banquet in heaven. Boy, I, and I've been, I've been writing on this and studying this and preparing this. There'll be a banquet spread there like you, I promise you, you've never went to a wedding banquet or a wedding feast. Nothing. You think of the most elaborate thing you've ever seen. It, it doesn't hold a candle compared to the supper the banquet feast of the lamb that we're going to have when we get to heaven. But we're just doing this until he comes. And then we'll be in his presence. 
So whenever we partake of communion, we need to do four things. We need to look back to the cross. We need to look within in our own heart and our own life and do some soul searching and ask for forgiveness, do some repenting, be sure our heart and our lives are right with God. There's consequences if we don't do that. Scripture plainly teaches that. I think we need to look around at each other and we need to be thankful that the Lord has allowed us to continue this ministry for 12 years, 11, 12 years since 1999. He's allowed us to meet. We, we haven't missed a Sunday meeting. We've had to relocate. We've had to find different places. We've had to get creative with how we've done it. But we haven't missed a Sunday meeting. We've worshiped every week. Amen? There's a lot of work that goes into worshiping the way we're doing it right now. There's folks that are here at 8 o'clock in the morning starting to thank God for everybody. Let's be thankful for our church family. But then also, we need to look ahead and realize that he's coming. Amen? He's coming. I'm going to ask two of our deacons, Brother Daryl and Brother Mike, if you will, please, to come and prepare the communion table. We're going to share in communion just like we did the last time. We're going to ask you to get up out of your seats and to follow around starting on this side and come around and you'll enter into Brother Darrell's side. You'll take the cup, you'll take the bread, you'll go around and go back to your seat and you'll hold the elements until everyone has filed through and then I'll come up and lead us as we take communion together. But before we do that, let's pray. I'd like for you while I'm praying to take opportunity to search your own heart, to search your soul. And ask God to reveal to you any unconfessed or unrepented sins. Father, right now, Lord, we enter into your presence. Lord, we are partaking of one of your holy ordinances. A time when we hold the bread that is symbolic of your body that was broken for us on the cross. A time that we hold and drink the cup. That's symbolic of your blood that was shed on Calvary. And Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being willing to die for the sins of the world, as the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. Thank you for being submissive to the Father's will. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for making a way that we now could enter into a relationship with a holy God who cannot look on sin. Thank you that when we accept you as our Lord and our Savior, when we repent, we are now clothed in your righteousness because the Scripture says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Thank you that when God the Father, when we stand at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, when we stand there, thank you that we have an advocate which is Christ Jesus our Lord thank you that he's placed his blood on the mercy seat and now when God the Father looks at us says why should I allow you into my heaven your son Jesus will stand up and say this is one that I died for he has trusted in me through my blood he can enter and God, one day we'll hear you say, enter into the joys of the Lord. And Father, we're longing for that day. We're looking forward to that. And Lord, I pray right now that you would search our hearts. May the Holy Spirit convict us. May your finger around in our hearts. 
God, if we've got unconfessed, unrepented sin in our life right now, I pray, God, that we would ask you silently right here in our seats right now, we do business with you. Ask you, Lord, to forgive us. God, we repent of our sin. Some right now may be thinking about a particular sin. God, right now, help them to confess that to you. Lord, there may be someone here today that has never, ever trusted you as their personal Lord and Savior. My prayer is right now that they would give their heart and their life to you. That they would realize that you love them. That you lived a sinless life. That you died on the cross for their sins and all the sins of the world were placed on you at Calvary. You paid our sin debt. You were buried. You rose again victoriously that third day. And if there's one here today that's never trusted in you as their Lord and Savior, my prayer is that right now they would ask for your forgiveness. They would ask you to come into their heart and into their life. They would repent of their sins and cry out to you to be their King of kings, Lord of lords of their life, to be their Savior. Prayerfully, someone's doing that even right now. Father, we ask your blessings on the remainder of our service. We cry out and we plead for forgiveness. We ask you, Lord, to cleanse us, to help us to walk like you walked. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.